everybody. This is Dan uh, from The Greatest Story Ever Played. Uh, welcome to another episode of The Greatest Story Ever Played Side Quest. So, uh, again, this podcast is really just a um, extension, I guess, off of the main show, where I can talk about whatever I want that wouldn't really maybe fit on the main show, but could still be put out as uh, stuff for people to listen to if they want to. And today, what I want to talk about is a film called Major Dundee. Uh, A description for this movie is, In 1864, due to frequent Apache raids from Mexico into the U.S., a Union officer decides to illegally cross the border and destroy the Apaches using a mixed army of Union troops, Confederate prisoners of war, civilian mercenaries, and scouts. A little background on this movie is it was directed by Sam Pickenpaw, um, and his most well-known movies uh, that he's known for is The Wild Bunch and Straw Dogs. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw Wild Bunch back in the day, but uh, I don't know anything about Straw Dogs. And then a couple of the main cast members are you've got Charlton Heston as Major Amos Charles Dundee. He's known for a lot of movies, but like Ben-Hur, Planet of the Apes, stuff like that. Then we've got uh, Richard Harris as Captain Benjamin Tyreen. He was in Unforgiven and Gladiator. Jim Hutton as Lieutenant Graham. He was in The Green Berets and Hellfighters. I don't think I've seen either of those. James Coburn as Samuel Potts. He was in The Great Escape and the original Magnificent Seven. And then we've got Michael Anderson as Trooper Tim Ryan. He was in Logan's Run and The Sons of Blake, Katie Elder. I don't know either of those films either, but I think uh, they're also westerns from like the 60s. Um, And that's what Major Dundee is. It's a western from the 60s. And so, really at this point you might wonder, why why would you even want to talk about this? What makes this western film uh, from the 60s worth talking about as an episode? What, What kind of got you here? And there's kind of two primary reasons. The first one being, is that it's a childhood favorite of mine, I would say. Um, Not my favorite movie as a child, but I remember enjoying watching it as a child. As a child, I really liked watching, like, westerns, war movies, all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, in the 60s, there were a lot of westerns, so I probably watched a lot of them. But this was one of the ones I remembered um, enjoying a lot. And uh, in part because of its uh, crazy plot, which we'll get into later, that made it fun back then. Um, And then the other part is, as an adult, when I've thought about this movie, it it almost feels like as if someone turned fan fiction into a movie. Like someone was just writing Western fan fiction, and we're like, okay, well, maybe that West was like this, or, you know, um, alternate history Civil War, or like, you know, just kind of crazy shit. And then someone said, hey, this sounds fun. Here's money. Go make it. And then it happened. That's sort of how this movie feels to me. um, Because it goes all over. It's kind of wild. And, uh, I don't know. Sort of a fun... I think the premise is kind of fun. Is like a... Just the craziness they get into. And... I don't know. I like that. I I like that this somehow happened. And... And like it. And to be clear, this is not disparaging fanfiction at all. I think there's plenty of good fanfiction. I don't know. I've probably read like 30 Life is Strange fanfiction, so in no manner am I saying fanfiction is bad. I've partaken in quite a lot of it. I think it's great. But how often could you see fanfiction become a movie? 
that was released in theaters in a big scale like this. Like that's what this really feels like to me. Um, and so I think that's kind of fun as a, as a thing. And then um, the last thing that made me want to talk about this is sort of the behind the scenes shit that was going on that somehow this movie is what came out of it and it got shown to people and that I saw it as a kid. And so, you know, any of the issues I would have probably had if I saw this for the first time as an adult aren't, aren't as noticeable, but just knowing, you know, the behind the scenes stuff is kind of fun. So I wanted to share a little bit of trivia about the movie and then we'll get into a recap and, you know, all that stuff. But some trivia uh, about the movie. Um, one thing is it says, um, and I got, I think I got all of these from IMDb or maybe one of them from Wikipedia, but one of them says, during filming, Sam Pickenpa, uh, the director, was so obnoxious and abusive towards his actors, Charleston Heston actually threatened the director with a saber. Heston later remarked that was the only time he ever threatened anybody on a movie set. So, this director is a, a real asshole. Um, <laughs> a drunk, crazy asshole. Rough. Later, uh, another another fact is shooting was ended early by studio executives in the interest of controlling cost. Before some important scenes were filmed, Charlton Heston offered to return his entire salary if the studio would agree to film an opening scene, the massacre of the soldiers um, and civilians by the Apache, and some reshots. The studio kept Heston's paycheck, but ultimately never reshot those scenes. So pretty crazy that Charlton Heston, at this point, is like, I care about this movie enough. That I'm willing to not get paid for it. Like, I'm, I care about this. Uh, we also see uh, later, it says Columbia Pictures wanted to fire Sam Peckinpah, but Charlton Heston convinced them not to and threatened to return his uh, $400,000 fee and pull out of the project. So, um, <laughs> again, this guy's so obnoxious, so, so ridiculous, but he gets to make this movie. And he gets someone like Charlton Heston in his movie, who's big, and Charlton Heston ends up basically saving his ass, not getting paid, but gets this movie out still. Like, it's such chaos. I read, um, I, I read this somewhere, but I couldn't find it on either of these sets of facts. So, this might be real trivia, but I could be wrong, so don't think this is 100% true. But I'd read somewhere that the director was, like, so, like, drunk and off on his own. There were times where Charlton Heston just took over as the director and, like, finished the film because of, like, the chaos. Um, so it's kind of crazy, like, all of this exists. And then uh, the, the last fact is the original cut was four hours and 38 minutes long. This giant monster, which was initially edited down to 156 minutes. Um, but then that was even further edited down. The uh, runtime of the film ended up being 136 minutes, um, and that's what I watched uh, as a kid, I believe, and uh, this weekend, because I decided to pick this movie back up, and, you know, here we are. <laughs> so, I guess just kind of pulling this together, kind of the lore behind this film is uh, it's chaos in real life. The movie is chaos on the screen in a lot of manners um just of like the plot the story jumping everywhere all these kind of converging crazinesses um and stuff like that so i don't know i thought this was all pretty fun uh kind of things just to know i would i would i would almost like to see the rambly 
four hours and 38 minute version to see, okay, what were you trying to do? What was this supposed to be? Um, a, a comment I did read also somewhere was that it was uh, supposed to almost be Moby Dick on horseback is sort of the idea of like this just crazy like saga of like a man in chase of his legacy sort of thing. Like I think that's kind of what they were going for, but and you know, could have been like a long convoluted thing, but then it got, you know, smashed down into something smaller. And, you know, that's something I guess we see today too. When movies get shrunken, it can really hurt the story if, you know, you don't get through the full conflict or whatever. But so yes, that's the batch of craziness. Um if that sounds intriguing to you and you want to watch it unspoiled, I recommend watching it. Um, I got it at the library. That was how I was able to rent it, so you might be able to pull that off. Um, I think you could rent it on Amazon, too, since everything's on there. But uh, Yeah, so from here, I'm going to just do a full recap of the film, spoiling all of it, and uh, then I'll share a little bit about what I thought about it at the end. Cool. Okay, so... The movie begins, and uh, there is a nearby fort that was massacred uh, by the Apache. All the all the people were killed, soldiers, civilians, everyone. Um, the children, except for three boys, um, because apparently the Apache, uh, they'll kidnap young boys because they could turn them into future graves. But that's it. So three boys were also captured, and... Uh, there's only one person from the fort that survived who is Trooper Ryan. He's uh, like the guy who does the bugle. That's his uh, job. And he survives. And the book is, or not the book, the movie is actually told through a series of his journals. So throughout the film, there'll be parts where he'll narrate and say, you know, this date, here's what the troops were like, or that kind of thing. And so it begins showing his journal and He's like, you know, I was the only one who made it back alive. When we got back to the fort, I saw, you know, all the people who I was with dead, sort of thing. And uh, Major Dundee is the commander who comes to find the massacre. And he sends his scout, um, a guy named Potts, Samuel Potts, uh, to follow Treba, who is the Apache leader who did this massacre. Follow him, um, give me five days. Uh, come back to our fort, Fort Benlin, and I will have my troops, ammo, and we're going to go after Treba. We've got to stop this, essentially. And on the way back to Fort Benlin, uh, which is a prison camp that Major Dundee is in charge of, uh, on the way back, they find five Confederate troops who had escaped the prison, but uh, get captured by Dundee and his soldiers at that time and that that that's sort of how the film starts so from here you get a bit of scenes of Dundee Dundee doing recruiting okay how can I pull together my uh, militia essentially to go after the Apache here um, because he is the leader of a prison he doesn't have a lot he can do. And so the film, uh, right now, this is 1864, so the Civil War is still going on, and they are in the New Mexico Territory. So they're pretty off to the side, um, not really involved in the Civil War, and it's, oh, we'll just move Confederate prisoners this way, uh, kind of keep them out of the way. And so he, he kind of has like a, 
<laughs> I feel like the equivalent of a shitty desk job in the Civil War. It's like, well, you just kind of stay out of the way and watch these prisoners. That's that's sort of what he's got. So he doesn't have a lot of troops at his disposal, and he can't abandon the prison. You know that that is his job. So he's trying to be like, okay, well, I'll just put someone else in charge, and I'll might make my way to doing what I want. So he asks for the Confederate soldiers and says, hey, will any of you come on this mission to go after Chiriba? And, you know, I can't promise that you'll be free at the end of this, but, you know, you will get treated well. Uh, while you're out there, we'll give you fair rations. You know, you'll get to have free air. You won't be in a prison. You know, if you want to do that, we'd, you know, I want to have you. But if you try to desert, I will kill you. I'm not tolerating that. And uh, they say no. They're like, no, we don't want to fight your war. This is bullshit. Um, and Dundee says, well, fine. When you guys tried to escape, guess what? You killed that guard. We're going to hang you for murder. So, good luck. Um, and what we find out in this, too, is that Dundee used to be friends with the lead Confederate officer here. There's a guy named uh, Benjamin Tyrene. He was one of the five who tried to escape. He's, uh, I think, a captain in the Confederate Army. And we find out that Dundee and him used to be friends. Uh, they were close. But Tyrene uh, was in the Union Army also, but ultimately got kicked out because he was in a duel and won. And the army was like, well, that's not like becoming of being an army officer. And Dundee was the final vote that got him kicked out of the Union Army. And so upon being kicked out, Benjamin Tyrene just joined the Confederacy and, you know, so he could keep fighting, essentially. And we also find out that Dundee had some sort of disaster at Gettysburg, and that's why he's in charge of this prison. Um, it sounds like maybe he was too too aggressive, too overly forward um, at some sort of battle, some sort of uh, mission within Gettysburg, and I'm, I'm guessing got a bunch of his people killed. And so to kind of not fire him, but get him out of the way, that's why he's managing this prison is, well, we'll keep you over there. Um, and so he is pretty intent on getting his glory back. You know, I think he sees himself as a great warrior. He wants to be that. Um, and he's, he's like, well, you know, if I get Chariba, then they're going to have to love me. They're going to have to see that I'm a good warrior and like that sort of stuff. So... That, that's sort of what goes there. Uh, Dundee then kind of continues his recruitment efforts. So he has uh, some one of his other officers, a guy named Lieutenant Graham, Graham commandeer a bunch of weapons from a supply train nearby um, and says, hey, just go there and say that you're supposed to take these and they'll probably let you. And it works. Um, you also see a guy named Aesop um, and his squad, which uh, is, I think, about seven guys who are former slaves who are now soldiers and they volunteer to be a part of Dundee's group uh, to track down Chariba, just saying like, you know, we want to be a part of something kind of thing. And so Dundee says, sure, you guys are in. Um, a horse thief gets sent off to go get horses for them. Um, uh, you get a bunch of other like basically vigilantes, like, you know, people who are like 
crazy cowboys, uh, mercenaries, gamblers, all, all sorts of like crazy people like that who are not really fit to be soldiers, but Dundee doesn't have much of a choice. It's like, all right, fine, I'll take you. Fine, I'll take you, kind of thing. Um, finally, Tyreen volunteers himself and his fellow Confederate soldiers to help in Dundee's quest because Dundee will hang Tyreen. It's like the day before, and Tyreen's finally like, fine, I, I don't really want to get killed doing this. I'd rather, you know, get to be free for a while, potentially get killed doing that, but maybe I'll have a chance at taking Dundee down after this. Um, and so he agrees, but he says, Dundee, I'm with you until the Apache is taken or destroyed. And that becomes kind of a motto through the rest of the movie. There's multiple times after this where um, it's like, okay, it's almost like a until the job's done sort of thing. It's a motto you hear through the film. Tyreen says, um, until the Apache is taken or destroyed, then I'm going to kill you, Dundee. And Dundee's like, sure, whatever, bro. Like, that's kind of his attitude. He, he kind of throws him off on it. So, um, and finally, the horse thief shows up with a bunch of horses. And cool, Dundee can do his mission. He has enough people. He has enough weapons. He has enough horses. Um, maybe this can work. And so really, I feel like this is almost like the intro part of the game or something where it's like, okay, we're just gathering, gathering forces, gathering munitions, gathering allies, like this kind of thing. And so you get this and what you ultimately have here, right, is a crazy conglomerate of people. This is not an army. This is a bunch of people who happen to be fighting together, some of whom don't even like each other at all. Um, you know, it's, it's just like a, a chaos group, I would say, of people that are um, united by a cause, but it's not necessarily when they're all like united and they believe in it. It's just kind of, we're all doing this. We're all, you know, getting paid or whatever. So they set off on their mission, and Ryan's diary, uh, I believe at this point, says it's uh, November 17th, 1864. So, uh, and the group crosses over into Mexico in search of finding Chiriba. Um, you get an early internal conflict um, when one of the Confederate soldiers is an asshole to Aesop um, and is basically like, hey, you're supposed to be a servant kind of thing. And there's a guy who is a preacher who steps in and <laughs> beats the Confederate guy up a little bit. Um, uh, and uh, Good. It's good. He steps in there. And you've got a moment where it looks like, you know, the camp might destroy itself. But then Tyreen sets order. He's the Confederate captain. He says, hey, fuck off, guy. Like, you know. We're all equal soldiers in this. You can't act like that. If you do anything else, I'm going to shoot you, kind of thing. And so it ultimately like sets order, but it's this moment of chaos where all their differences could divide them, but ultimately they come out on the other side. Uh, a little while later, an old Apache man shows up at Dundee's camp, and he's got the three boys that they were looking for. He uh, gives them back, and... He says, Dundee, I can tell you where Treba is, Treba's camp is at. Um, I can help you. 
And, you know, I brought these boys as essentially proof that I'm not a liar. And Dundee says, okay, sounds good. He sends a couple guys back to the fort with the boys so they could be returned. And is like, okay, maybe I can get Treba. Maybe this is where I can wrap this up. And there's a little bit of a, a wonder of should we even bother with chasing him down we did save the kids now do we need to go into battle or could we wait and they decide no we're gonna go after them uh ultimately what happens is they think they're gonna uh catch the apache off guard but instead they themselves are caught off guard the apache ambushed dundee's troops um they end up losing 14 of their guys and a bunch of supplies it seemed like at the start they maybe had around 50-ish men. So their group wasn't huge to, in the first place. Um, so this was a pretty big hit for them, losing a lot of people and losing a lot of their stuff. And so now they're kind of in a, a tough spot. They're in Mexico. They're far from supplies. They're far from reinforcements. And are like, okay, what can we do to, I don't know, continue our mission? And they find a nearby village. And say, okay, well, what if we go into the village? We could just take stuff from the villagers, resupply, and continue on. And they get to the village, planning to rob it, but they find that there are French troops there who have taken over the garrison. Uh, Dundee, instead, um, ends up fighting the French, getting them to surrender, and taking their supplies, and ending up sharing them with each other and with the villagers. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, when it, I guess winning support of the villagers, being kind to them, uh, which was unexpected. But then, yeah, enjoying it themselves. While at the village, uh, they end up meeting a widow who's pretty hot uh, by the, for them, <laughs> named Teresa Santiago. And Dundee and Tyreen are both into her. They're both just like, whoa, um, is kind of the reaction. And Dundee has a plan that what they're going to do that night is they're going to party their asses off. They're all going to get super wasted, um, so much so that the French troops will break out. They'll break out of, uh, they'll escape, and they're going to go and get reinforcements. Um, and when they go get reinforcements, Dundee's going to be able to rob those reinforcements and resupply that way. So from here, Dundee's troops leave the village, and are like, you know, it was great seeing you. It was so nice. And head off. And the reinforcements do come. The French reinforcements come as Dundee had planned. And they make camp. And Dundee steals their stuff. The way he's able to do this is it's um, their force is pretty big. And while they're camped at night, he has some guys sneak in, like take out the guards. And then he causes a diversion with his scouts. Um, so with Potts, um, and he's got a guy, uh, some other scouts with him. And they they make it look like the Apache attacked the French. And so the French start chasing Potts, thinking he's the Apache. While that's happening, Dundee and his men are able to just steal a bunch of the supplies and head off. So while uh, the French are chasing pots, Dundee and his group get to rest up. They get to, 
you know, heal their wounds from the previous battle. They get to, uh, I don't know, regrow as a team. Kind of get set straight after their initial um, getting ambushed kind of thing. Uh, unfortunately, in this time, one of the Confederate soldiers deserts. And so Dundee sends one of his guys after him. And uh, that guy, uh, a guy named Sergeant Gomez. So Sergeant Gomez um, captures the soldier and he comes back. And he also comes back with some of the villagers, um, including uh, the hot widow, Teresa Santiago. Um, <laughs> and we find out that also in that time that the village had scattered, uh, the French came back and, you know, tore shit up and basically made the village become abandoned. So no one's there anymore. So Gomez comes back uh, with the deserter and Dundee wants to kill the deserter. He's like, this is what I said happens in this time. And Captain Tyreen refuses, says, I'm not going to kill him. You know, we're, we're not doing this. Um, you know, do you want us to fight you kind of thing? And ultimately, Tyreen ends up killing the deserter himself because uh, Tyreen is like one of those guys who's so big on his word. So he says, you know, I gave you my word that we'll be with you until the Apache is taken or destroyed. So even though, you know, you're not doing what I want, I will still come along because I said I would do that. Um, and so tensions have rised again. Um, it's not a great scene. The troops are divided again uh, among each other with how this went down. Uh, after this, uh, Dundee is feeling a bit of the weight of command, but he goes off on a walk with Teresa Santiago, and they end up hooking up. And, you know, I think he's, he's kind of like, oh, well, you know, I snuck past the pickets and I got to do this. Unfortunately for him, they get ambushed by a couple Apache and Dundee himself is shot in the leg with an arrow. And he ends up needing to go to a nearby town for medical help. Uh, Teresa Santiago is um, a doctor, but this isn't something that she could just do in the woods to be able to help out. Like they need a real doctor kind of thing. So Dundee gets taken to the nearby town and in the town, uh, Dundee is deep into, uh, like physical pain and self pity. He's just like, Oh, how am I going to be like the warrior I'm supposed to be if I'm stuck on a, on a bed? Um, kind of thing and also you get this change in um appearance charlton heston before this has you know uh, a clean face you know military man look here instead he's like haggard looking has a beard looking rough kind of thing uh so that physically he also shows this and while he's in his pain and self-pity he's just like oh uh, you know woe is me he's very woe is me and at this point, when he's sad, too, he ends up hooking up with a random person there. And uh, then a little bit later, uh, Teresa Santiago sh shows up and she ends up catching that Dundee had uh, hooked up with a rando and had abandoned her after what? You know, being in town for a few weeks kind of thing while he was resting up that he already like moved on from her 
in how, you know, in his pity kind of thing. So she's sad about that. And Dundee is kind of like, oh, but I, I like you. Um, I didn't mean to get caught. Like He's kind of like that. So Dundee blows it. Um, and from here, Dundee kind of falls into more pity. He just becomes like a drunk, essentially. He's just like, he's sleeping in uh, like the pig pen kind of thing. Like he's, he's in a rough spot. Um, and has essentially abandoned his mission at this point. He's like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I don't care about anything anymore. Uh, you know, I got taken out of my mission and then everything sucks. It's kind of his attitude. Tyreen sneaks in though to get Dundee back and Dundee is pretty resistant. He's just like, leave me alone. I don't want to do this. Um, but, uh, Tyreen wants to wake him up and they get in a fist fight to kind of bring him back to it. Ultimately, in this time, Dundee sees the light and uh, is like, oh, I should return to my mission, basically. And reiterates again the slogan, until Apache is taken or destroyed. So Dundee's back in. Uh, a comment that Ryan uh, makes from his journal while narrating, he says, we ran from the French as we pursued the Apache. Because inside that town, there were uh, French soldiers. So when Dundee escapes, the French start chasing them. And so you've got this uh, crazy scene uh, going on where Dundee's like, okay, we've got to wrap our mission up. We've got to fight the Apache and get out of here. Meanwhile, the French are catching up on him. There's a lot more of them. You know, they got to wrap this up. Ultimately, Dundee sets a trap for the Apache. They set up camp in a gorge and want the Apache to attack them at night. Uh, they're like, okay, if we set this up like this, we will... We'll be able to pull this off. And the Apache do come at night and sneak up on the camp. And they go to the bed rolls, the sleeping bags, and start stabbing down at them. But Dundee's troops are not there. They're off to the sides of the gorge and they start opening fire on the Apache who are down there um, and manage to kill all of them. Uh, Shariba is at the top of the mountain, and Trooper Ryan sneaks out and shoots him. Uh, shoots and kills Shariba. Uh, ultimately, Dundee's men succeed. They they manage to kill uh, all of Shariba's men and Shariba himself. They've accomplished their goal. Dundee and Tyreen are about to fight. Uh, now that the they've finished their mission. And Samuel Potts says, hey... You might want to hold off on your fight. We got a bigger fight. And it's that the French have begun to close in on Dundee. Uh, they're coming from all directions, including some French who are towards the border of Texas. And so Dundee and Tyreen say, okay, let's have this fight after we deal with the French. And so the French ultimately have Dundee and company trapped where to get home, to get to America, to get to Texas, to cross the river, they actually have to fight through the French who are just on the other side of the border to be able to make it across. And they can't wait or try to go around a different way because French are coming from behind them too. So Dundee and company decide, okay, we'll fight through them then. Um, so you have the French charge uh, from the American side of the river 
towards Dundee and company. Dundee's guys fire at them, and then they charge into them. And so in the river, you have this kind of epic battle going on with uh, the French soldiers and Dundee's crew of people. Uh, the French have uh, lances, so there are multiple times where you'll see a dude like get lanced and there'll just be like a lance that's like through him or is broken off and I'm like it's pretty wild shit um total like chaos you know you've got guns you've got lances you've got swords it's totally insane and you see a lot of people die a lot of people go down on this fight uh there's a point where uh the united states flag is out and the color bearer the guy who's holding the flag gets killed and one of the French steal it. But Tyrene sees this and he has kind of a, no, that's my flag too moment almost. And he kills the French, he shoots the Frenchman and takes the flag back. And he passes it off to Dundee and then is shot again himself. Tyrene is hurt and then he ultimately charges back to Mexico to fight some of the oncoming French soldiers to slow them down. He's killed and goes down, but Dundee and his remaining troops cross over to Texas and escape. There's, I don't know, maybe 10 guys left. It's small. They got a small crew left. Uh, Ryan's journal comes back in. It says, April 19th, 1865, uh, we have re-entered the United States. And the movie ends. Um, and... So in this time, I, I'm, I'm Abraham Lincoln, I think, has been assassinated by this point. And I think the Civil War is over. Uh, they've both ended. but Or, you know, Lincoln has died and the Civil War has ended in this time, but they don't know it. You know, they've been away for half a year on this, like, renegade mission <laughs> of sorts. And, uh, yeah, film over. So, pretty crazy. Craziness, for sure. So, uh, last I wanted to move on to a couple general thoughts. Uh, so, first of all, this movie's crazy, and it jumps around all over, as you heard. It's like, okay, we're in the village. Who? Romance subplot. Oh, we're gonna fight the French, too. Back to the Apache. Fighting the French. Like, you know, it's... It's crazy. Um, <laughs> there's so much going on. Um, and uh, and that all of those could, or, or, you know, Dundee's downfall, that he becomes sad and like, you know, oh, I'm not even a soldier anymore. Like, you, you get all these crazy things. And it's all jammed into two hours and 15 minutes or something. Um, so it's pretty wild, like, just as a, as a thing. That there's so much going on. Um, another thing is when I watched it, uh, the childhood nostalgia is definitely still there. I, I enjoyed it for those things, you know, obviously I can see the flaws more now as an adult, um, than as a child. Um, but the nostalgia still definitely pulls through, you know, like seeing certain scenes, I remembered them, stuff like that. So that was kind of nice. Um, and... Yeah, I, I think it's funny, too. I, I, I'd forgotten the name of this movie, like, for a while before I found it again. And so I just had to search, like, crazy plot details, like, 
U.S. soldiers and Confederate soldiers fight the French in Mexico. Or, you know, like crazy, crazy shit like that, trying to figure it out. And that's how I ultimately found it again, because I, I hadn't remembered the name. But um, I do remember it having more fighting as a kid, um, which I guess makes sense. Those were probably, you know, the high action scenes are probably what I remembered. So that makes sense. But I feel like I remembered there being more. But on the opposite end, uh, this was a really violent movie for the 60s, in my opinion. You know, like you'd see people who had lances sticking through them. Or um, there's a character who gets crucified on a tree. You you know, you see pretty like crazy shit going down in it. Um, you know, there's, I feel like a good amount of blood for the 60s, for sure. Like pretty violent movie uh of that time and so uh, i don't know that's kind of cool kind of interesting to kind of just see this thing um and then the last general thought i had is apparently there is a book of this movie so i want to check out that now for sure apparently uh the book is more violent than the film and uh you know like cussed a lot and said like fuck and you know that kind of shit uh which the movie didn't really do which you know in the 60s i guess that makes sense that's probably not uh i don't think that was too common in the 60s for a movie so and apparently the fates of some characters are different like it, it seems like it's decently different so i think i want to look into the book um and see what it's like um I feel like I just after reliving this movie and like being familiar with the characters and stuff that I would read the book. So, uh, which um, I guess thinking about that, um, it's almost like reading the fan fiction of the fan fiction, which I, I think would be kind of fun. Um, so yeah, kind of wild all in all. Um, crazy movie. I think uh, if people don't like it or hated it, I, I don't really blame them. Uh, you know, again, I think it caught me at the right time, but I think just seeing what they tried to do and what they did, and I, I don't know, there's a lot that's fun about that for me. And, uh, yeah, that's the movie, I guess. So, I hope you enjoyed, um, this episode of The Greatest Story Ever Played Side Quest, and, yeah, I guess how this, um, channel, or not channel, I guess, but feed will go, is... It really can be for anything and everything that I feel like doesn't belong in the main feed, basically. So if you've got, like, I don't know, books or movies or something, that topics that you'd like to hear talked about, I could get down with that and this might be a good spot for them. Uh, I think I will also probably move over more of the YouTube stuff uh, from the past that was, you know, YouTube exclusive put on this feed just so that it's, I don't know, more accessible for people. So I'll probably do that um, sometime. So I don't know. That's sort of my thoughts there. Um, if you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear them. Um, and you can uh, talk to me on Twitter at StoryEverPod. Our email is thegreatestoryeverplayed.com. Our website uh, is thegreatestoryeverplayed.com. And there you've got um, all of our episodes uh, about video games and all that stuff all available there and um yeah thanks for hanging out and uh see you next time